Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, trouble in our fastest-growing city. Tauranga's mayor has resigned with immediate effect in a fiery speech to councillors and members of the public. The news out today, of course, is that the mayor, Tembi Powell, has resigned after ongoing dysfunction and conflict at the council. Tauranga city councillors are adamant people can still trust them, despite recently released communications alleging bullying and toxicity. I hope history will show that November 2020, the DNA of incompetence among TCC elected members was recognised and cauterised. And with that, the Mayor of Tauranga, Tembi Powell, quit, ending a turbulent year of nasty infighting. Tauranga's future as a city of strategic importance to New Zealand cannot be left to a small group of petty politicians who have a long track record of hindering, or even worse, stopping progress. It's ugly. It's the type of stuff you'd see at a schoolyard. That's journalist Matt Shand. He's written that it's like a high school drama penned by Shakespeare, with name-calling and spats between cliques, and a plot to oust the deputy mayor in a coup, all played out in public as the council grapples with a $2 billion fiscal hole and mistakes that have cost it tens of millions of dollars. We've lost the mayor Tauranga's lost its deputy mayor before then, and then we lost about the youngest councillor, gone, and now they're both calling for commissions to be appointed due to the dysfunction within the council. Shand is a Waikato Times reporter who has been covering the council since he moved to the city about three years ago. The council is a source of many news stories. So when you first started covering Tauranga City Council, how long ago was that? Was that before the election? Uh, yeah, well, I would, as soon as I arrived here, obviously, uh, as a local reporter, you, you're in council chambers quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I was there for the last triennium and the elections leading on to the to the current one now as well. OK, so you're familiar with those council meetings? And, yes. And very familiar with what's been going on in, in Tauranga, obviously? Yes, I've been, obviously been involved with the new group of councillors uh, since they were elected in. So what was it like when you first started covering the council and going along to the meetings? When, when I first started covering council, there was a lot of delay, was, was probably how I would how I would pick it up on. There were several agenda items that just seemed to continually come up again and again and again. You're writing about projects that have been bungled, you're writing about budget blowouts, you're writing about... Bella Vista Homes is one of the standout ones in town. The disastrous housing development. The Bella Vista company went into liquidation in December, leaving about 30 houses unfinished. On March 9th, 13 families were forced to evacuate with only 24 hours' notice amid fears that Cyclone Ola could do serious damage to their homes. 21 houses were condemned in the new development after residents were forced out because of faulty construction. It's become its sort of its own name. It's used as a adjective to council behaviour. And this is another Bella Vista. This is a really? Bella Vista-like decision. Like you know, um, and essentially what happened there is inspectors. You know, council hadn't fulfilled its job. The inspectors hadn't hadn't had rubber stamped houses that weren't safe. The subsequent independent report pointed the finger at the Tauranga City Council, saying it had failed in its inspections and had issued codes of compliance in error. The council eventually bought the properties and settled with the homeowners. It cost the ratepayers a lot of money. And then the whole thing started to snowball out from there. Right, and so did you get a sense of why this was happening? Because as we know, this is the country's fifth largest city, the fastest growing city. 
Was it all related to growing pains? Looking at the recent reports, that's, that's what's being put forward as the reasons there. There was quite a lot of soul-searching, I guess, from the a new chief executive, Marty Greenfield, who came in, and there was a lot of reports written about these decisions. So it was kind of an interesting time when there were com- reports being commissioned about these errors and blunders and trying to recognise there was a cultural problem within the council that needed to be addressed. You know, there was a change in chief executive, as we know from Gary Paul to Marty Greenfield, and then there was a big change of the executive team that was led by Marty Greenfell as well. And then the election happened. So I think there was a there was at least some awareness there that there were some problems from the incumbent, from from the incoming chief executive and that they're still trying to fix it. Okay, so come mm. election time, October twenty nineteen, and Tenby Powell stands for mayor and he gets in. But he comes in with what a lot of existing councillors re-elected? That's correct. So I think the the election was very interesting to cover. I mean, I think people forget how interesting they can be Mm. sometimes. So we had Tempe Powell coming in as the... The, the face of change, that was sort of the line he was promoting to voters, was that he was going to be different, he was going to sort things out, you know, and and make the changes that Tauranga needed. He was mainly running against the incumbent mayor, Greg Brownless. It was quite a heated local election, but running with him was several councillors, several now councillors, also running for the mayoralty position as well. Uh-huh. So we're in a situation here where the mayoralty was won by Tembi Powell, by, by quite a good margin. However, multiple councillors that are currently councillors were also in the mayoralty race as well. That was recognised in one of the most recent reports, that the race to the mayoralty never ended. Tenby Powell is a, a very interesting character, isn't he? And I, I suppose I was surprised that he stood for mayor of Tauranga because I always thought he was this high-flying businessman based in Auckland with his family He'd had a, a military career, and then he comes to Tauranga to be the mayor. But was he already established here? No, he sort of came out, uh, you know, the saying was rode in on his Harley. It was actually a scooter. I, I asked him about, <laughs> I believe it's an Indian, I don't want to get that wrong, an Indian motorcycle. He said that, you know, his roots are from Tauranga, and he wanted to give back to the city, and that was his reasons for coming in and standing for mayor. And there were other people in the mix, I think, at one point, Dame Susan, Susan DeVoy was looking at running for the mayoralty as well. It was just a very interesting time for Tauranga. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so he comes in as the mayor, and were things fractious from the beginning? I think, yes. He was very clear that he did not like the decisions that the council had made in the past and, and had made reference, I believe, at several of the appearances, the mayoralty appearances, that you know there were problems and he associated them with some councillors that have been on the council for a long time you know he was he was talking a very clear and direct line which was quite i guess combative i i think would be the with the way to say it behind the scenes it was very ugly I, I will say that so behind the scenes of this election campaign myself and i believe other journalists were getting a lot of muck raking going on there was lots of phone calls from people trying to point personal flaws out of certain candidates there was a lot of um, just stuff that's completely irrelevant to an election campaign and uh, very nasty things were being said about people behind the scenes which I think still echoes Mm. now it was yeah it was something I don't really see and that's kind of interesting because 
this report into the council, this independent report, actually talks about the angry texts and the nasty name-calling that was going on. That's right. So, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's um, not related to the election campaign okay, itself. Just, that, just subsequently. Subsequently, yeah. yeah. So the nasty texts came out of an official local government, official information and meetings at request. Lagoima, <laughs> right. yeah. as, as we say. Yeah. Um, when there was a stoush over the deputy mayor position. And this is where the fractured elements, I think, start to come through in Tauranga. So the deputy mayor, Larry Bulldock, was being uh, said to have been telling people to shut up. He was yelling abuse at staff and, you know, shutting down meeting debates and all the rest of it. So the group of six councillors got together and wrote a letter of requisition, which enabled them to essentially remove him from the deputy mayoral position. And Shan's own stories reveal the disharmony in the release texts and emails that led to the coup by six councillors who called themselves the Six. The group wanted, in quotes, more democracy, less bulldocracy, referring there to the deputy mayor, Larry Bulldock. Shan goes on to report that the Six planned to vote in one of their own team to deputy to combat Mayor Powell's go-it-alone mentality. They failed. I think that's when the, the fire spread. Okay, so there. when was that? Or I want to say August, September. Okay, so a yeah. matter of months ago. Yes. And yeah. effectively it was a coup. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what it was labelled as. It was labelled as a coup. There's no recourse to remove a mayor, and I think if there was, that probably would have been the step taken, but there was this decision to remove the deputy mayor. And it was during this time that the alarm bells were ringing for myself and other reporters in the area too, and... That's when the Lagoima release was put in. A very strange one, if I'm being honest, to take phone records, text messages, emails of all of these councillors in connection to the deputy mayoral stash. Oh, <laughs> when you say a strange one, because it was going for those messages. Well, that's right. I mean, Lagoimas are very tricky and you have to tailor them in a certain way, um, mm. this particular Lagoima, I was made aware, I was interviewing councillors all across the place, and we don't play favourites with people, so we, I Lagoima with everyone, you know. <laughs> yeah. there, there was no one spared in this Lagoima. That then revealed people calling people spineless cowards, it revealed the references to Judas, it revealed that there was a discussion about, you know, trying to remove... Tembi from his position and, 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 and a much more deeper understanding of that there was a discussion about this sort of plot to, to get rid of the deputy mayor mm. in this way. Laced with childish comments, you know, from people making fun of the clothes people wear, you know, to, down to that petty level. And it really showed, I think, as well as the childish nature of the way some of these councillors were behaving, uh, it definitely showed that there was a massive fracturing between the two groups of council. An independent observer team led by local government expert Peter Winder was called in and issued a pretty damning report. Shand was at the meeting when the report was tabled and councillors voted to request a Crown manager be appointed. Here's a sample of councillors' reactions that day. (laughs) I tell you what, I'm... uh history that I've had here and it's it's quite it's quite long. This is probably one of the toughest decisions that I've had to make. Bringing a Crown Manager into this city I think is a weak and in my opinion cowardly decision and is unlikely to solve 
the so-called problem. I lost any hope a long time ago that this team could sort things out on their own. There's sometimes a complete lack of self-awareness and gone-going patterns of destructive politicking that is rendering it increasingly impossible for anyone to function effectively. It was quite a surreal time uh, sitting in the back of that room. I mean, we, you sit there and try and be impartial, but it was quite challenging. I mean, essentially, yeah, the, the report was tabled and some of the councillors decided to discuss the placement of commas and lexicon choices. One of the big things was that the report had said councillors, whereas they wanted it to say councillors and mayor uh, or elected members. And the report writer was clear when, whenever the phrase councillors is used, it, it means both. Mm. Um, mm. And But this, this, this sort of back and forth happened for quite some time. But ironically, one of the main findings, uh, sorry not to mention earlier, was that there was a lack of self-awareness, a, a glaring lack of self-awareness from the councillors and elected members about the issues that they were causing, and there was discussion about a lot of, it's all their fault, it's all their fault. You know, we could all get along if this person wasn't here, we could all get along if this didn't happen, and a lack of self-awareness of your own involvement in that process. And that was just exhibited to the public by the behaviour. I mean, the, the report was said, you know, they get lost in detail, lost in minutia, they don't strategically think, and here we are discussing commas. <laughs> at a point when the report says very clearly this is an extraordinary move to appoint a Crown Observer, it's not something, <laughs> it's not something we should take lightly here. Uh, and, yeah, there was a degree of flabbergasted faces in the room. Yeah. yeah. Look, another thing that, um, in one of your other stories, and I don't know where this fits in the whole timeline of things, was this shocking scenario, I suppose, when the mayor, Tenby Powell, he was actually at a meeting and he got a text from his doctor to say that he had prostate cancer. And at the very time that he was reading this text, someone at the meeting was talking about text messages saying ideally we will apply enough pressure so that this mayor leaves. That's correct, yes. Um, Tembi's been quite open with his cancer diagnosis and he discussed this after the meeting and at the time I believe he was he was resolved to, to stick it through, to, mm. not, to not resign. That, that meeting was about uh, a code of conduct complaint uh, which was laid against uh, de- the former deputy mayor Larry Baldock and as part of that some of these messages uh, Mr Baldock was reading out some of the messages revealed in the Lagoima which was talking about we need to get rid of the mayor we need to you know can you imagine spending time with this person next two years with this person etc and then he gets a thing from his doctor saying mm. he's got a cancer diagnosis at the same time I mean it can't have been an easy time no. For anyone to, no. you know, to, to to sit through that while hearing about people wanting you gone, mm. <laughs> you know. So, but he, as you say, he was going to stick it out. So, at what point did he actually make the decision? No, I'm I'm quitting. I spoke to, I interviewed him on this point, and I think it's in one of my articles that he made the decision as the councils were discussing the comma placement and the, you know, the comma placement and arguing with the report writer about the findings of of the report and, and making grammatical suggestions, I think. Um, he, after the meeting, he, he informed me that he was set to resign. Uh, he, he definitely looked gone. Really? <laughs> if you could see him in the room, yeah, he did not look 
uh, his usual self, and afterwards it came out that he, you know, he, he made the decision. Then he just said, "There's no self-awareness. Essentially, there's, the self-awareness isn't there. This isn't going to work. Um, time to go." After Tuesday's meeting, a pantomime which only lacked popcorn, and indeed, after this meeting, I can now clearly see that the appointment of a crown manager is not enough. The government, our regional partners, our long-suffering iwi partners, and the community have now seen the beginning of the slow-motion train crash that Mr Winder described on Tuesday. He does talk about being, since he had his cancer diagnosis, that he sees himself in the third person a lot more since he had his cancer diagnosis. He, he described sitting in the room watching himself listen to <laughs> listen to this. And, I mean, it's a... <laughs> It's an interesting story, I'll say, but you know that, that. But I think it's clear that he made the decision after, after that. As a consequence of that meeting, I am resigning as the mayor of Tauranga, with immediate effect following this meeting. And notwithstanding the review and observer team report, I have asked the minister of local government, the honourable Nanaima Huda, to consider the appointment of commissioners. It's pretty dramatic, isn't it, for a mayor to quit? It is pretty dramatic, and not only did he quit, but he quit and said that the council needs a commission appointed yeah. to it. Which effectively cleans out the council, doesn't it? That's it cleans correct. Cleans out the councillors. They lose any power that they've, they've had. They lose everything. They've essentially, they're sacked. They, they get sacked. Yeah. Okay. And um, that's what he thought should happen. That's correct. But before him as well, it's important to mention that the youngest councillor, Yako Abri, uh, also resigned and said the same thing. Right. So this is the second casualty of this of this council, and it'll be a big one, mm. you know, the mayor. I don't know if you can answer this, but do you think that was the right decision by Tenby Powell? I don't think I can answer that. I mean, he's made his decision, and he's given his reasons for making it. Mm. I think I think uh, time will tell if it was the right one. One of his big election draw cards was his ability to form partnerships with other councils. He's quite he was quite aware of the financial difficulty that Tauranga is in, and had called you know emergency meetings even with journalists trying to explain that as well saying that the, the debt to income ceiling is almost reached they've got a two billion black hole in their budget for the long-term plan and there's almost a legacy of decisions that have been, that been made to leave the ratepayers in a very dire circumstance so and then his big feathers was the mayoral task force into homelessness and the uh, fixing of the Mauer base track mm, which is interesting about the track going around Mount Monganoo which unbelievably yeah. was closed for a very long time it certainly was and some of the solutions that were being suggested were costing a huge amount of money so he was able to make partnerships with Iwi and get the job done I mean he would be probably the first to admit he's made a few errors in the way he managed things. Too much like a um, businessman slash yeah, military. I think, I think, yeah, I think there's boardroom and there's council chambers and they're different places. I should have slowed things down a bit. I came with a, you know, with a, with a business attitude to things and I wanted to get stuff done. Um, local government operates at a glacial level and I certainly could have and would have if I had my time again. Slowed things down. This is such a prosperous city. It's it's thriving. It's a beautiful city. It's got a very very successful port. How come it's got to this? I, I it's a question I ask myself a lot. I mean, I I'm new to Tauranga. I I came here about three years ago. When people say what's what do you like most about Tauranga, the answer is the beach, and I find that an interesting answer because when you sort of look around the CBD and see empty shops and 
dead streets and no parking and mm. you know and, and just a lack of activities for for people to do you know like it's it seems like something something didn't happen there was a point when Tauranga would jump forward and it is doing that now but it probably could have got here 15 years ago or 20 years ago I'm not sure what it yeah. is I'd love to find out what it is and I keep looking you know you look at the mountain that's well developed but the CBD is almost a ghost town you know I think last count there was almost 200 empty shop fronts you know they're trying to revitalize it now but it seems like there was a lot of a lot of delay and so what now because you so now it's with Nanaya Mahuta is that right that's correct yes and what what are her options what is she looking at well the options um that I believe are available uh to her are to she made intention to notify parliament there was a potential problem in Tauranga mm-hmm. um and that there are options would be to appoint a crown observer a crown manager they would sort of assist the council in their long-term planning and have they do have the ability to override decisions if, if that's needed be. Um, otherwise, you could appoint a commission, which would result in all of them going, um, or she could do nothing and see if the council can sort it out through the process of a by-election and to appoint a new mayor. The current deputy mayor is Tina Salisbury, and you know she's, in, she's newly elected this term, and she'll be taking up the reins as as mayor, I, I believe. Um, but essentially now we have a situation where we've got nine councillors and we elected 11. So I'm not sure what this means from mm. here on out. What's the feeling in the city? What are people saying about this whole thing? Uh, there's a degree of just face-palm embarrassment from the ratepayers here. I mean, it is embarrassing to think about your elected <laughs> members acting this way. Absolute childish behaviour when you, when you boil it down. And if I can drive that point I think these messages went beyond they they were quite personal they were very personally tailored insults to certain members here like they went beyond just someone saying ah that guy's useless or this guy's a clown right you know you're and some of them they were using religious beliefs against the people to try and convince them to vote a certain way on a deputy mayor it's ugly it's the type of stuff you'd see at a schoolyard and I think people as, uh, the, the ratepayers and the people I've spoken to are saying, well, this is just an embarrassment uh, at this point. And I feel as if there is support for commissioners. You know, I think Tembi had his supporters. He also had people who did not like him. That's fair enough. But, mm. yeah, I think the council as a whole has proven maybe that it hasn't lived up to what it's supposed to do and something needs to change. I think that's fair. Something has to change. What is it? It's probably at the minister's hands now. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, leave us a rating so other people can find us too. Jeremy Ansell engineered this episode. Alexia Russell was the producer. Jesse Chang, the associate producer. And thanks to Matt Shand. Kakite anō. Kakite anō.